<laughs> KM till 2 a.m. Good morning, good morning, WFAN. It's Tuesday as we proceed. Paulie dropping those beats. I'm about to go to the crib, listen to 50. <laughs> Man, that, that one just took me back. We used to have that playing loud <laughs> during the time. That one used to be loud. All right, um, back at it, man. I was in Brooklyn tonight. Shout out to the block, the Brooklyn Brigade, the fan section. You hear us, let's go Nets. You hear us, defense. You hear us chanting Al Horford when Nick Batum is at the foul line. And, uh, you know, the fans are always going to be there, man. That's what I mean when I say this Nets world has been built. It took 10 years but the Nets built a fan base. They literally moved the team from New Jersey, had to start over with a brand refresh. I heard Craig and Evan talking today about how in the beginning, yeah, they did not really do any New Jersey stuff, right? That's why it was Brooklyn across the chest. And then that whole chant, Brooklyn, like that, it was all about the borough. It was all about the pride of Kings County. It was all about the culture and the vibe that came with Brooklyn, right? That's why you move. And uh, coming back to New York, they did not name the team or, you know, go back to the old name, the New York Nets. They're the Brooklyn Nets. And we've seen the Darren Williams era. You know, we've seen the D'Angelo Russell era. Now we're seeing the KD Kyrie era. And there's a chance that KD wants out. I don't know. We saw him pop up late and leave the game early. And, you know, if you let these reporters tell it, they, you know, these reporters that cover the Nets, there's some of them like Nick Friedel and this other, this other reporter, like, I don't want to call these people out, but you can just tell their interest is not in the Nets winning. And it shouldn't be. They're not, they're not fans. They're journalists. But, like, they don't want to cover a successful team. They don't want to have to write stories about how the team won 12 games in a row or how the team is winning without – Kevin Durant, they want to write about the drama. They want to write about Kyrie Irving, right? Nick Friedel asked Jacques Vaughn tonight in the postgame, if you heard. This is ESPN's lead reporter, and he's asking Jacques Vaughn, uh, how can you describe the Kyrie era? Bruh, we're off that. We're moving on. Was he? Is he? Is he out there? You didn't see one Kyrie jersey in the team store. He's not in any of the videos that they show in the pregame. Just like that, the Brooklyn Nets have erased him from the Nets world. We're moving on. He wanted out, and we granted his wish. And the fans are still there, and the fans will be there tomorrow. And the team will get some reinforcements in Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith from Dallas. And I wish the Dallas Mavericks the best of luck. Do I think that they're going to compete in the West? Who knows? Let's see what happens. There's only one basketball. That's what they told us. Nets fans with KD, Kyrie, uh, James Harden, you know, Luka and Kyrie. I think they could just cut on the film of Kyrie and LeBron, take some notes out of that, you know, run some sets and some plays that LeBron used to run with Kyrie. And Jason Kidd, Jason Kidd, another net that was traded to the Dallas Mavs, a guy that Kyrie respects and looks up to, I would hope, I think. If he really watched the Nets as a kid like he says he did, he definitely looks up to Jay Kidd. That's the coach, and he's one hell of a coach. Let's see what he can get out of those two. I, I mean, I like basketball, right? <laughs> I like watching basketball. I want to see what they look like. I'm not hurt over Kyrie Irving. 
I'm relieved that Kyrie is out. If they would have given, if they would have gave me the script to this whole Kyrie saga, and if they would have told me in the summer of 2019 when I was in London watching the Yankees take on the Red Sox in the London series with my Vince Carter jersey on out in London showing off because I knew the Nets were going to do something. But when they get KD and Kyrie, and, and I'm separating KD, I'm talking just Kyrie. If they would have gave me the script and they would have said that, you know, Kyrie uh, would not play that many games, right? He'd miss a ton of games. I think the number is 156 games played and 142 missed. It's about the same. He's a part-time player. And he's a full-time headache. And all of the people that said he's a team cancer, a ticking time bomb, they win again. They win again. And there's a part of me that defended him as a young black man, as a young uh, black man from New Jersey, uh, someone myself who I feel like is misunderstood at times, someone my, you know, I could relate to the fact that, you know, sometimes people twist your words or, you know, the media runs with certain narratives and it just always seemed like everyone had their pitchforks up against this guy. He plays for my team, so I defended him. But I don't have to do that anymore. And it is refreshing. It is a relief. I don't want to be tied to Kyrie Irving. I'm not an anti-Semite. I got vaccinated as soon as I could get vaccinated. You know, and you can go back to the flat earth stuff, which I just, you know, I hate that people bring that up because he said that so long ago. There's people that still, this guy thinks the earth is flat, you know, and some of the other stuff, the Alex Jones stuff that he posted and just the like smugness that he carries. Like this guy went to Duke and I'm also a Duke fan or I was, I was a Duke fan when I was growing up as a grown man. I'm really not that much of a Duke fan. I think I've told you the story about going to a Duke game and I'm not alumni of Duke. Um, but yeah, you go to Duke for uh, two semesters and you think you're smarter than everybody. That's one thing I can't stand. I can't stand the guys that think they're smarter than everyone, think they're the smartest guy in the room, that they just know better, that they don't have to speak, that they can just do things and not have explanations for them. That's what you get when you are dealing with a Kyrie Irving. So, uh, you know, I tried to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, tried to support him. But I support the team. So as soon as he put his contract in front of the team and requested a trade, I was done. I didn't I didn't even want to have the conversation Friday. I'm like, we're not gonna waste my whole show talking about where he could go and you know his history and what his future's gonna be. It'll all play out. We'll see it. But this is a guy who told you he wanted to be here, right? He's a New Jersey guy. This is a guy who wanted to plant roots here, finish his career here. This is a guy that also told you I can't leave my man seven. Well, Seven's still here without you. Seven said he was surprised that you put in a trade request. And uh, Sean Marks has not been the greatest GM, but let's see what he does here. I think Katie may want out. Well, get us some first-round picks and another star. The Nets world will just retool. There will be no rebuilding. They will still be competitive. They were not going to win a championship with Katie Kyrie this year anyway. Like that's another thing. You got to stop living in theory. You got to stop living in like in your mind that all oh, the com- it's not 2K. It's reality. The combination of KD and Kyrie were swept out of the first round last year. So I don't want to hear that. Oh, they should have kept Kyrie, him and KD. You know what we saw last year is they couldn't win a game. So how great are these guys? KD is great, but you need more than two guys. You need a team, five starters and a bench. 
877-337-6666. Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's talk to some fans. Brendan is out in Brooklyn. What's up, Brendan? Brendan, you're live on WFN. All right. I guess I'll talk. What's up, E-Man? E-Man's in here behind the glass now, freshly after 12 o'clock. Hello, Keith. You know, I'm just sitting here, man, watching the Rangers on ESPN. And there's some Islanders fans on the line. Dave in Comac, New York. Hello, Dave. Hey, how are you? You know, it's very interesting that they got that new player in a trade. But the scoring didn't Bo make... Horvat, the Islanders? What's that? You said they got... Like, I'm not sure who you're talking about. You're talking the Islanders about... I'm talking about. Yeah. Bo yeah. Horvat and the Islanders. Go right. on. Right. They got Horvat. You would think there'd be, as a result of him having there, that he would score, like, you know... Three, four, five goals, and I just didn't see that. I only not heard yet. They... Yeah, not yet. With that? Not yet. He hasn't. Right, but you would figure, you know, uh, it seems like it almost feels like it's the same drought. It's not going to be. He hasn't made any much of a difference. How many games has he played? Three. Only one. He made his debut tonight. That's right. Right. I expected that. You know, there'd be a barrage of goals. <laughs> no. Uh... Yeah, I hear you, but I don't know. You know, he's got to get acclimated. They picked him up during the like uh, All Star break, and uh, that's his first game tonight. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I hear good things about the guy, but I don't expect the barrage of goals his first night. He's got to adjust. I'm sure he's figuring yeah, out. Have, uh, even I think the damage is already done. They're not making a playoffs anyway. Okay, thanks for the call, Dave. Yeah. Um, Islanders fans, are you out of it? Looking at the standings, I understand the Islanders are 26 and 22. And I don't know, a move for a guy like Bo Horvat is a win now, going for it move. Don't want to be left behind. And I understand they lost 10 out of 11, and it's been a struggle in the new building, and you're trying to get the you know new building rocking and all of that. Salicata pulled up. Now Salicata is wearing Islanders gear. Now I'll, I'll leave Sal out of it this week. Sal's on vacation. Shout out to Sal. That's my guy. He's funny. <laughs> I was talking to Sal the other night. I'm like, bro, where are you getting all this fresh gear? He's like, I got it at the store. Are you kidding me? He's like, they told me to pick some stuff out. Wouldn't you? And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear Islanders gear. I just became a Devils fan. I'm I'm just walking into year two of my Devils fandom. I'm I'm only wearing Devils gear. Speaking of, I got to go back. I need a Jack Hughes jersey. And I only have the third jersey, which is the hardest jersey because it says jersey across the chest. But uh, you can't wear that one every game. And it's got my last name on it, which is, is like cool, but also corny, you know, repping your last name. And, and like they, they gave it to me as a gift, which is super cool. And I wear it every time. But I also don't want like, it's like a name tag, <laughs> you know? Like, I walk through the arena, McPherson, they know that's not a player on the team. They're like, yo, McPherson? All right, let's go back to the phones. Now we've got a few people to talk about. The Brooklyn Nets. Paul is in Hamden, Connecticut. Go for it, Paul. Hello, how are you? I'm good, man, holding it down. Thanks for calling. By the way, uh, I'm a Knicks fan, but, but I was born in Brooklyn, all right, so... I mean, I know they moved there, you know, last couple of years, whatever, but I cannot root against them. But I just don't get this whole Kyrie stuff. I mean, the man's been with, you know, all different teams and such a great player. I mean, 
it was disheartening when I heard, you know, we all know he's going to want to, uh, you know, want to get traded and stuff. But a man with that talent on the court, I just don't get it, man. I, I just can't figure it out. And then you get rid of a good player like that, you know, and obviously we know the reasons why. I just don't get it, uh, you know. No, I, I'm right that? there, there I with you. I don't get it, man. Listen to my analogy. Thanks for the call, Paul. Right? Um, hmm. You ever see some of these really pretty girls? You ever see... I know, I know you see these girls because we have Instagram and they give you all of these pretty girls. And, you know, you, you see some of these famous chicks and, and they're bad. They're fine. They are gorgeous, but they're single. And you wonder, like, no guy has scooped her up? No guy has put a ring on her finger? Not, come on, this chick, everybody knows her. She could be with athletes. She could be with entertainers. She could be with... Uh, rappers, she could be with, you know, the 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 best. She could be with whoever she wants to, right? Sum up with that chick, though. <laughs> yeah, there's other pretty girls, and uh, similar to Kyrie Irving, right? Kyrie is the pretty girl that walks around like they're the prettiest girl in the room, and they walk around like they're better than everyone else. Well. There's a reason why you've played for four teams now. There's a reason why no one wants to commit to you long term. You're a headache. You're a head case. You're loopy. You're out of it, right? I, I said this on a Talking Nets podcast. You ever deal with a girl who's an eight, nine, ten, eight or better? I, I've dealt with a couple in my life. I'm a married man, I'm out of the game. But, like, don't get it twisted. Like, there was plenty of time from high school to college and after, even in this great city, running into some chicks. And I've dealt with some bad ones. And when I say bad, I mean, like, they're fine. But, like, there are some girls that are just too pretty for their own good. They live in a warped world. They think they run the world. And for every fine girl like that, I'll show you a guy that, that wouldn't come within 10 feet of her again. Because she's ditzy, she's forgetful, she's high maintenance, she gets you in trouble, <laughs> she's uh, a little promiscuous, she's a little thotty, she's got a couple guys on the side, she's got a crazy ex that she still talks to, she's not worth the headache, you'll never wife her, she'll always be single, she's a 10, she's a 10. Like, right, when you see Kyrie play on the on the court, he's a 10 out of 10. The guy can dribble, he can shoot, he can pass. He can score at all three levels. He can facilitate. He can also drop 60. But no one wants to give him a four-year max contract because he's a ticking time bomb. You don't know what you're going to get. He's a mixed bag of who knows what's next. Peace of mind is necessary. <laughs> Fellas, I'm telling you, Especially the young boys listening. As you're dating these girls, specifically in college, go after the pretty smart girls. The girls that are, are pretty, not the most beautiful, right? Not the most uh, everybody on their trail, but she's a pretty girl and she's smart, right? She's got a good head on her shoulders. Not the ones that pretend to be smart and then you're checking their grades and it's like, wait, you're getting C's and D's in college? Do you go to class? Are you struggling? Do you need help? Because those chicks, man, I'm telling you, it's not worth 
the headache. And that's my analogy for Kyrie Irving. Like, Kyrie Irving, everybody knows he's all world. But why isn't he a max contract player playing for the Brooklyn Nets, the team that he grew up rooting for in New Jersey and and said he wanted to come home and end his career, you know, with that team? Why isn't he playing with that team, right? Why didn't they give him a max contract? They gave KD one. Because KD is a pretty girl who, for the most part, is quiet. You know, you can deal with her. You can chill with her. You don't mind her being around. You know, Kyrie is the pretty girl that, like, by the end of the night, she's crying. She's throwing a temper tantrum over nothing. <laughs> You're like, get this chick out of here. Let's go to Yonkers and talk to Teddy on the fan. What's up, Ted? Hey, Keith. Keith, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, like I said, I think I, I've talked to you numerous times. I was a math teacher for 40 years. I coached high school girls basketball for 10 years. You know, when you, even though you have a talent on there, you have to think what's the best for the team. Yep. Otherwise, you're going to lose the respect of your players because eventually Kyrie knows he's great. He's a superstar. No one's going to deny that. But if he gets away with certain things by either management or unconsciously the coach, yeah. you're gonna, he's gonna, they're gonna lose the respect of the team, and it's just not worth it, man. Okay, I'm just thinking about Dave DeBusha and Earl Monroe and Bill Bradley. They always thought of the team, okay, and just and Kyrie Irving. But this is typical of today. Yep. I'm not saying it's it's endemic. But it's typical for many athletes today, and it's a shame. Get rid of him. I'm, he's, he's gone now. He's gone up. now. He's in Dallas. It's it's for them to deal with. Well said, Teddy. Thanks. And I'll take it from there, right? You know, this is a cautionary tale of what happens when you give your organization to superstars. We knew. Nets fans knew. Evan said it today. Evan said he knew that this whole thing was going to crash and burn before it ended up in a championship. The odds of it ending in a championship are much smaller than it crashing and burning. And if you pay attention to the NBA, we are not in the NBA where the superstars are teaming up and making super teams and winning. That's done. That's done. Like the Celtics drafted those players. They drafted Tatum. They drafted Jalen Brown. They drafted Marcus Smart. And then they added pieces around them. And then they kept drafting other guys that became bench players. They they made that team. <laughs> the, the Warriors, they drafted Steph, Clay, Draymond, Jordan Poole. And then they were able to add guys around them like Andre Iguodala or Andrew Wiggins. The Nets were a team that no top free agent wanted to go to when they were in New Jersey. None of these guys wanted to come to the swamps of the Meadowlands. You could make a trade and bring superstar talent in, but if guys had their choice around the league, that was not a shiny destination over there in East Rutherford. So they knew they had to move the team. They set out to move the team to New York, but not into Manhattan, into Brooklyn, and call them the Brooklyn Nets. The the team started to emerge as the borough started to emerge. As there was a renaissance for that whole area, there was now a sports team there. The last time there was a sports team there, Jackie Robinson and you know the Brooklyn Dodgers were down there. And once upon a time, 
I, I'm, uh, was it Luis Scola? Yes. I'm trying to go back in my Nets fandom, which is hard because, you know, the last few years, it's been system overload. It's kind of hard to remember the early days of the Nets when I boycotted the Nets for even leaving my hometown state or my home state. But Luis Scola was on the Nets. And his quote was, once they win, they'll get whoever they want. And the Nets were going to the playoffs. The Nets built with guys that they did draft, that they did develop, with Kenny Atkinson developing Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie. You add a D'Angelo Russell to that. You add a couple other pieces here and there. They, they started to win. They started to have fun. They started to put the league on notice. And guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving took notice. And we always remember that infamous hallway conversation between the two of them at the All-Star game that they were plotting on playing um, somewhere with each other. They were not going to play for the blue and orange in the Mecca, the world's most famous. They actually thought that they could come to Brooklyn and take over, and they did. But now they're taking the organization back. Joe Sy is the owner, and Sean Marks is his general manager. Enough is enough. Fool me once, fool me twice. Can't, can't fool me about seven times, Kyrie. <laughs> you know? So uh, the organization made a decision this weekend. They worked the whole weekend checking the phones, getting the best offer. No, we don't want Russell Westbrook. We're not sending him to the Lakers where he'd love to be. You know, we don't want old CP3 and Jamison Crowder or Jay Crowder who hasn't played. Like, No. We'll take Spencer Dinwiddie, one of our old guys back that understands the culture here in Brooklyn. Yes, send him back. We'll take Dorian Finney-Smith, right? Because we know we got to knock off the Celtics, and we lacked size against that team. We'll take him, a 3 and D wing with some size, and give us some picks because we traded away picks with James Harden. We'll take some picks, and maybe we can do something else here to add another player to this roster to potentially keep Kevin Durant, who is signed for the next three seasons. He could request a trade. And they don't have to grant it. So stay tuned to the Brooklyn Nets. And maybe you hate the Nets. Maybe you're a Knicks fan. Maybe you're celebrating that this is some type of uh, ultimate collapse or fail. It absolutely is. And celebrate all you want. But you can't take a victory lap until the Knicks beat the Nets. You can't take a victory lap when this team literally has held your team accountable. This team came from New Jersey into New York and has won and gone to the playoffs where you can't just roll any product out there. Your ownership and your management has to be better just to compete with the other team in town. Keith McPherson on the fan, 877-337. A six of six, two more sixes. We'll be back after this. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. KM from the 732. Right back at it on the fan. Uh, Got about another 90 minutes left. Talking Kyrie, talking Nets. Obviously, the Nets lost tonight 124-116. I think I heard Pete Hoffman take them in his his pick today. I felt bad because he was close, but close doesn't cut it. The Nets ended up losing that game. But now the Brooklyn Nets are in the post-Kyrie era. Kyrie is out. Uh, He fooled everyone. Made everyone think that he was about the team, right? His post-game comments about, you know, chop wood, carry water, and uh, keep on pushing. And, you know, even after the embarrassing Celtics loss, like, that's that's how, that's how you're going out, bro. Like, that's your last game in a Nets jersey. 
absolutely getting smoked by the Celtics. They're goofy fans up there chanting, Kyrie sucks. We're not going to do that when he comes back to Brooklyn next year. But, like, the lasting image will be him coming up small again against the Celtics. And as a Nets fan, right, you want to beat the Celtics. You want revenge at some point. Kyrie gave you one good game against them in this uh, last 10 that you've been beat, right? Remember the game where he had 39, almost 40 points. He was giving the middle finger to the crowd. He was playing into it, giving it back. That was it. That's all he had. When he finally, like, acknowledged them instead of blocking them out, he kind of... You know, turn villain, and the Nets lost that game, and that was it. That was it. So that's how it'll be remembered. It'll be remembered um, as a, another team killer, right? Brooklyn Nets fans now relate to Celtics fans in a way that we never really thought about or wanted to. Uh, Cavs fans feel a little differently about it, but like I said, the Kyrie haters won. The Kyrie haters won, and the Nets fans are now relieved of their duties. Right, the Kyrie stands are exiting out of our fan base. The Kyrie, I literally had a kid message me like, "Yo, it's been fun." I'm like, I just deleted the message. I didn't even look at the message. Like, I think he messaged uh, Talking Nets Instagram account. Like, Kyrie gets traded. He's like, "Yo, it's been real fun." Man. I'm like, delete. Like, just swipe delete. I don't care to talk to you. You're you're signing off. Like, you're gonna go now watch Mavericks games. Good. Luca is fun to watch. Him and Kyrie are gonna be great together. Let's see if Jason Kidd can coach those two guys up, right? You know, Mark Cuban, they showed his reaction, how pumped he was to get Kyrie. I mean, uh, I know he's been trying to put another star next to Luka. Um, let's see when when Kyrie finds out that Mark Cuban isn't actually Cuban and that he's Jewish. Plot twist, Kyrie. <laughs> Lee is out in Brooklyn on the fan. What's up, Lee? Hey, how are you tonight, Keith? I'm good, man. Holding it down. Uh, talking sports and having the Kyrie conversation tonight versus Friday night. You know, it's definitive. It's done. It's over. Yeah, I got to, you know, I think that the narrative that's being talked about is pretty whack. But um, there's a future narrative that needs to basically be assessed as well. And that's one based upon the fact that, you know what, men... We should be able to speak for ourselves. But we know that basically time has gone by that basically has taken away the, the voices of certain people because through history, people feeling that they should dominate somebody else, you know. So basically at the end of the day, I think every man should have their voice just like you have your voice on this radio. So I think that if Kyrie says something, that's his voice. I don't think anybody should talk over your voice or tell you about what you're doing or how you do things. But I think that basically... um the narrative is basically the fact that they have hockey, right? This sport where basically is very violent. They beat each other up. They they tear each other to pieces. But there's no talk about that. I know where the, basically the narrative is, where the money is. It's with basketball, you know, talking about that, baseball, hockey, or football. But um, at the end of the day, come on. I mean, that's them people basically, they said, oh, that was good. The fans love it. Tonight I was watching some hockey game, and they were saying the fans was loving that. They the Rangers game, up. right, where Truba hit that guy, knocked his helmet off, and they went went at it. I don't know. You're losing yeah. me a little bit, though. I'm not exactly following. What, what does yeah, that Yeah, but I'm basically to- saying that at the end of the day, it's like they was, they were saying that that was something joyous. You know, basketball players get into a fight. It's on the news. Like, basically, somebody should be arrested. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just different. Really? It's just different sports, and you know, I'm I'm with you in the NBA as far as like they usually fake fight. 
And then you've seen Donovan Mitchell uh, go after uh, Dylan Brooks. And then right after, we see Mo Bamba and Austin Rivers get into it. And I don't think anyone has really played it up too much. I think people have had fun with it. It's definitely more vicious in I- hockey. But then also with, with Kyrie and his voice, have your voice, but just don't say things and do things that put other people in danger. You know, have your voice, but realize your platform is, and who you are and who you're I reaching. Know, but basically, key, the narrative is that they keep on saying have your voice, but when you see that who sponsors these hockey players, you basically see certain that, certain uh, companies basically that back certain things that have to do with violence. Like, what, like which, do which companies? I don't know. Give yeah, me an example. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Nobody investigates it, though. Nobody investigates basically the sponsors that basically sponsor these hockey players and all of these people that deal with all of this stuff that that's bad. Thanks for the call, Lee. I don't know. Like I tried to catch on something there. Um, I don't know where you're going. You can't really. You can't put out that, that there's narratives and there's conspiracy theories and there's all these things and then not give examples. None of us listening know what you're talking about, right? And uh, you you can't say they and 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 these people and like you gotta you gotta call it out we don't know who you're referring to or what you're insinuating i don't know you you lost me there brendan is in brooklyn what's up brendan you're on the fan keith great great show i don't know if you caught buster rhymes on the grammys he killed it last night yeah yeah and i was worried because if you remember a couple years ago he fell out and fell off stage (laughs) but hey he must be in good shape he must be uh practicing and yeah, he ripped that. I'm glad that they gave him um, the put put your hands where my eyes can see. He did that. That's the beat I rapped to yeah. like a couple Fridays yeah. ago. And then he did the uh, look at me now verse where he he spit super fast. So yeah, I enjoyed that. That was that great. was that was amazing. But on to Sean Marks, and hopefully um, I'll, I'll disagree with you a little bit and some of the callers. But you did mention to one of the callers when the Nets made that trade with the Celtics. That was one of the worst trades ever, and that was not Sean Marks. Then he came in and rescued the Nets from that. He found Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert out of nowhere. None of those guys were high picks. Now he found Claxton, and he found Cam Thomas. Um, So I don't think I would never let Sean Marks go. I I don't think they are. I don't think they are. There's not that many great GMs in the NBA anymore. And he's made his mistakes, but I think he was led astray. I think he was fooled. No. I think he was duped, hoodwinked, bamboozled, clearly. And uh, <laughs> I think that Joe Sy, he, he, he already came out this summer when, when KD asked for a trade, and he, he asked also for Nash and Marks to be fired. You know, Nash got mm-hmm. fired and obviously should have been. But I don't think Marks is going anywhere. I think Joe Sy has a good relationship with him, trusts him. And I'm not mad at the Kyrie Hall. Like, who he got back for Kyrie, I'm not mad at that at all. If I was the Knicks, I would take Sean Marks. Well, yeah. I mean, he's not going over there. They got uh, Leon Rose and World Wide West. And, uh, yeah. I mean, are there any two players on the Knicks you would trade for Claxton and Cam Thomas? I wouldn't. No. No, they're the future right now. They're they're yeah guys that have been picked. Cam's been here two years. Nick four years. They've been picked by the Nets. They don't have big contracts yet. They bought into the culture. They bought into the coaching. They bought into the vibe that the Brooklyn Nets want. And they're not too far gone like some of these superstars are. Um, I I think they're gonna build or try and build around those guys. I'd be really surprised though. I, won't, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'd be really surprised 
if they end up getting traded. The only way they end up getting traded is if KD stays and there's someone that KD wants and then the asking price yeah. is Claxton or, or Cam Thomas. But I think I think I the, the superstar era is over in Brooklyn. The KD Kyrie, the 7-Eleven era that was supposed to bring multiple championships, blah, 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 that's done. And I'm, I love Spencer Dinwiddie as well, so I'm, I'm thinking he's going to He's going to do Happy well for, for him. Us. He said that his son, his son was born here, and his son, uh, you know, was here very young. And his son, being a, uh, you know, they went to D.C. and then they went to Dallas. His son always says, "I want to go home. I want to go home." And home is Brooklyn, <laughs> is New York, and now they get to come back home. Thanks so much, Keith. I'll see you at the games. Yeah, I'll be there tomorrow and probably Thursday. Thanks for the call, Brendan. It's a good time to go back to the arena if you're a fan. Right, the dark cloud that has been hanging over this organization is gone. Uh, the nonsense that's attached to one player, you can like feel the Nets world being cleansed. Right, it's funny. Kyrie saged TD Garden didn't really help him much. It seems like there's been some sage in Brooklyn since they actually stood up and said, "Okay, this is it. This is it. This is it." Okay, you have tried to force a extension from the summer, right? From the summertime to now. So we've been dealing with this for some six, seven months on top of the shenanigans. You were suspended this year. You were suspended this year. And uh, you came back. Things were going good. And KD gets hurt. We're trying to survive without KD. And you decide... That thirty-six point nine million that you're making isn't enough, and I'm I'm never trying to be in any man's pockets and, and count another man's money, um, but the guy opted into his contract, right? He opted into that contract. He has a commitment to that contract, and he has teammates, so-called brothers. He's got teammates that look up to him, young guys in the locker room that admire him. He's supposed to be the leader of men. I don't know. I played basketball I played football I played baseball at a much lower level but like there's just a part of you that when you see somebody put themselves in front of the team it's like you you he's like committed this like fan like faux pas it's like nope that's not can't after nope can't defend him now no coming back from that nobody's bigger than the team the team is trying to survive without Kevin Durant you were doing really good you were playing really well but then your ego got in the way and and the ego is a mother you gotta, you gotta get that ego under control. Everyone, all of us, need to get our ego under control. It's a lesson to be learned for all of us. We're all gonna be a part of a team, or an organization, or a company where, yeah, you might feel like you're not making what you're worth. I've felt that my entire career. I've felt like I've made less for the talent that I have. I've felt like I wasn't getting paid for what I brought to the table. But you know what? Sometimes you gotta keep grinding, and it's not about you. And if you keep grinding and showing up, you'll be rewarded. But the thing about Kyrie is he didn't get to the end of this season where he potentially could have been rewarded, and the Nets didn't have to rush that timeline because he didn't have three strikes. The guy had about six, seven strikes. So you're already on thin ice, and you're pressuring us to extend you because of a couple dipsy dudes. We're not going to. We don't. That's not our focus right now. And then you hit the media with, Kyrie Irving's requested a trade. Oh, really? If you want out, let's yeah, we'll we'll take those calls. Let's see what we can get for you. And I'm not mad at what the Nets got. Matt is in New Jersey. Matt, you're on the fan. 
Hey, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. You know, the last two, the last like 72 hours for me have been super, super blissful. Um, I'm from Jersey. I'm a longtime Boston fan. Uh, Boston, all sports, all across the board. Um, and you know what Kyrie did with the logo years ago? I know, I know it's going a little bit back, but Boston does not forget. We're Step, super loyal. Stepped on lucky. <laughs> Unacceptable. Right. Unacceptable. I forget about that, but Celtics fans hold that. Like, that stepping on that logo. Uh, big baby. Never. Big baby wouldn't let Never that go. Never forget. <laughs> Never forget. I'll be on my deathbed and I'll be thinking about that before I pass. Kyrie um, stepped on lucky. And you know what? Yeah. He, he got super unlucky after that. The ankle, yeah, that's what I'm, that's the what I'm ankle saying. With Giannis, right? Giannis doesn't give him room to land. Twist his ankle. It all come, yeah, 100%. It all comes back full circle. I mean, I, I always say to my buddies, you know, I would have 100% more respect if he did something like that mid-game, you know, in front of the whole team where he, where he had the space to back up his own actions. But he did it after the game, which is just pure, pure cowardness. Um, I'm always DMing Kyrie. I, I'm calling him out to, like, 1v1s <laughs> and stuff because he's just the ultimate, ultimate coward. Um, and he's always making it about something that's, that's bigger than what it is. You know, yeah, it sucks, man. He us, wants to us, make a uh... scene and... Us Nets fans now understand a little piece of, like, why Celtics fans hate him four years later, still have this, like, just outright dislike of the guy. And, uh, you know, we felt like you guys were corny. We felt like you guys were doing too much. But, uh, you know, it's laughable. It's laughable. He's a villain to multiple fan bases. And, uh, you know, this this meme of him being this, like, grim reaper going door-to-door, team-to-team, it's like, just did it again. Thanks for the call, Matt. That's funny. When So in 2021, for people listening that don't know or don't remember, the Brooklyn Nets had a gentleman sweep of the Boston Celtics in the first round of the NBA playoffs. I went to a bunch of those games that were in Brooklyn. I think I went to all the games that were in Brooklyn. And that's when Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker were with the Celtics. And after the Nets won a game in Boston, obviously their fans with the you know, with chanting at Kyrie and uh, all of the stuff they did, where's Kyrie and the signs and, st- you know, stepping on his jersey. That's been going on. But in 2021, after the Nets won that game, Kyrie went out of his way to, like, smear Lucky and, like, step on the leprechaun, the logo, the Celtics. Lucky is the leprechaun that is the Celtics logo. And, man, I remember just laughing online at how many people, like, took that serious. Even some of the former players like, yo, how dare you? You don't ever do that. But, I mean, as spiritual as Kyrie is, you would think he has some type of superstitions, right? You would think that he's got some type of, like, fear of doing things like that. Like, hey, this might, you know, go bad for me. Like, this is unlucky to step on lucky. And, yeah, look what happened to him right after that. Giannis, the next series, Nets should have won that series. Giannis doesn't let him land, and it cranks his ankle, his season's done. The next year, um, <laughs> the next year, he refuses to um get the vaccine and uh smokes his whole 2021-2022 season when the vaccine is available and they make it mandatory for all the players and all the people going into the arena. And then you go into this season, um, on the heels of Kanye West being super anti-Semitic, he decides to jump in that pool with Kanye and post Hebrews to Negroes, a video on Amazon that contains a ton of anti-Semitic rhetoric. That's all unlucky, unfortunate things. Oh, well. 
Uh, last hour of my show, we're going to move on from the Kyrie stuff. I got some other stuff to hit before I'm out at two. Call me up, 877-337-6666, BRB. Baby, baby. Uh, 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 uh. All right, quickly here. Only a couple minutes until the break and the update. Like four minutes or so until we hit the one o'clock hour. An update on the fan. Keith McPherson, your nighttime host, posted up, looking through some things. And uh, let me take this one call before I get into the other things that I want to talk about. Steve Cohen, Carlos Correa, Brian Cashman. Max is in Edison on the fan. Go for it, Max. Hey, what's up, Keith? Not too much. What you got for us? Hey, just a quick question. Um, I just wanted to know your opinion on if, who's better, Jimmy Butler or Trey Young? Who's better? At basketball, I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. But what makes you ask? Um, me, me, I had two friends arguing about it for an over an hour, and uh, the the argument was over that they think one person thinks Jimmy Butler had a better team around him for the past few years, and that's what helped him get to the to get his playoff run <laughs> and make dog. it to the finals. We let me jump in here. Jimmy's a dog. We've seen Jimmy with the Bulls. We've seen seen Jimmy with the Timberwolves. We've seen Jimmy with the Sixers. We've seen seen Jimmy with the Miami Heat. He's been a dog every place. Right? There's a consistent theme there that he's been Jimmy buckets. That he's been a bulldog that he's been a guy that every one of those teams was probably better for having. And he uh, challenged a lot of those guys. Uh, Trey Young, we've only seen for a few years now on one team. He's a lot smaller. Don't get me wrong. He's younger, too. Like, if the question is, who would I be, you know, starting my franchise with right now if I wanted to pick one, I'd pick Trey Young. He's 24. Jimmy Butler's 33. But Jimmy Butler has done more in this NBA. Um, Jimmy Butler... Yeah is a guy that I don't think I don't think he so much benefits from the guys around him. I think he makes the guys around him better. He is the guy. Yeah, but Trey Young Trey Young didn't have anyone on his team when he made it when he went had a playoff run. That was a weird COVID year. That was uh I I, I still look at uh, you know every year that we get further from that year, I still look at that year as like they got to put an asterisk next next to that year, right? That was also a year the Knicks were the 4 seed. Right, <laughs> was it a regular year? Um, but just as an overall player, you don't. Who's the better shooter? Let's say, uh, Trey Young is a better shooter. Trey Young can shoot from the parking lot, but like if it's Trey Young versus Jimmy Butler one on one, Jimmy's gonna win that. And uh, when you ask respect around the league, I think more people have respect for Jimmy Butler than Trey Young. Trey Young's got to do more, and um, he's got. Okay, so one last question before I. Sign off. If you have to start, if you have to make a team tomorrow, and you got to choose either Jimmy Butler or Trey Young, who would you pick? If I get Young Jimmy, I think I might take Young Jimmy. But actually, I, like I just said, if the question was who I'm starting a team with, I would start with Trey. I would start with 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 Trey, a young, fiery uh, guard that can shoot like that, and then build around him. Um, but you know, Jimmy, I think is a guy that you've seen Jimmy score, you've seen him facilitate, you've seen him lead. Jimmy Butler is the better player, in my opinion. Okay, thank you so much. You have a great night. Thanks for the call, Max. Okay, we're going to talk baseball a little bit. We got to break it down, but, uh, you know, the Brian Cashman comments, 
I hit on him a little bit earlier, but I got more to add to that. We'll definitely talk about Brian Cashman, what he had to say. Uh, E-Man, I know that the uh, clip is somewhere in there from Carton and Roberts. I don't want to put too much on you to to dig it up. I think I also have it screen recorded in my phone because I had to listen to it a few times. So coming up, we'll hit the uh, Yankees conversation around Brian Cashman. We'll also hit the conversation around Carlos Correa, and then that'll lead us into Steve Cohen and the Mets and spring training and the World Baseball Classic and more coming up on The Fan. 